If you're dealing with chronic heel pain, one likely culprit is plantar fasciitis. It's a common foot injury that can cause a stabbing pain in the bottom of your foot near the heel, and I've probably gotten it a couple times due to basketball. This is the Ridgecrest Regional Hospital Podcast. I'm Prakash Chandran. We'll talk about plantar fasciitis. Here with us to discuss is Dr. George Ravello, a podiatrist at Ridgecrest Regional Hospital. Dr. Ravello, thank you so much for educating us today. Thank you for having me on your show. So I wanted to get started by just understanding what plantar fasciitis is. Yeah, um, I think that, you know, if, if we, assuming we've narrowed things down to plantar fasciitis, it's a musculoskeletal problem. And there's a structure on the bottom of your foot. It's a band of connective tissue, and it originates in your heel bone. And it divides into 10 slips and goes into your toes. And it kind of acts like a string across a bow, such that when you take a step down, the string stretches out. What happens, especially with adults, is that structure gets chronic tears. And that's what we believe causes the pain. And I imagine that the cause for these tears comes from just heavy use, uh, playing basketball or running. Is that correct? You know, I'm, I, I'm assuming because that's, that's where I think I get the injuries from. Uh, that's absolutely uh, correct, Rakash. But um, there are some other reasons you might get it too. Um, a lot of the, my patients have a profession that lend themselves to this type of injury. Uh, a line cook or a correctional officer or a, a hairdresser, someone who's standing on their feet all day, they, they get that repetitive stress just by standing in one place. Um, similarly, if a patient uh, is obese, they're putting more stress on that structure. Um, I also get uh, athletes or even, you know, professional runners you know, or, or ultra marathoners who are just pounding on their feet. And that, that can certainly be an area that... that can be painful after uh, sports. I see. I'm glad you clarified that because I always thought about it something coming or originating from impact sports. But it sounds like you know if you're standing on your feet all day or if you're a little bit overweight, it can call, cause plantar fasciitis as well. Um, what are the symptoms for specific plantar fasciitis versus like bruising in the heel, for example? Um, you know, I think every every foot and ankle surgeon knows this so well uh, because it's such a common reason to come and see a, a podiatrist or foot and ankle surgeon. Um, and we can almost make the diagnosis in under a minute. You know, the patient t- will typically come in uh, and just by age and location, we can narrow it down. So, for example, the patient will point to the bottom of their foot um, and the medial side of their heel, which is the big toe side. And just by location, you know, okay, this is probably it. And uh, the story is usually I get out of bed in the morning and I have a painful first step. Um, and then, and typically this isn't a rapid onset, meaning, you know, I was fine and then the next day I woke up and I, I had incredible pain. It's usually a slow, progressive onset uh, without a history of any traumatic incident happening. Um, so just those things, you know, age, location, and then that story of uh, painful first step in the morning, that's almost diagnostic for this problem. Yeah. So let's say I am one of those patients that has this problem. Is there any way for me to first try and self-treat at home before coming into a doctor? 
Absolutely. And, you know, if you're anything like me, you're going to try to fix it yourself because that's what I love to do. I, I love seeking the advice of a professional. I want to, I want to fix the problem myself. Um, and I would say that, um, and this is usually what I would tell a patient on a first visit is that the you know, first thing I look at before the patient even comes in the room, I'm watching them walk down the hall with a, a flimsy pair of $3 drugstore flip-flops. So the first thing I look at is what is, the, what is on the patient's foot? Are they wearing a high-quality uh, shoe that has a supportive arch, or are they wearing something that's rather flimsy? So uh, numero uno treatment for this is high-quality shoe gear, um, possibly uh, an insert in the shoe or an orthotic to support the arch. Um, there are stretching exercises that you can do, and you can do these at home. You don't need to be an expert. You don't need to go to a physical therapist. Um, you probably should avoid walking barefoot, um, even in your home. You know, people are so used to walking barefoot in their house, but um, you're you're adding stress and strain to that structure. Um, you can wear, you know, if you if you don't wear shoes in the house, you can wear an orthopedic slipper and support your arch. And then lastly, I would say, you know. I, I kind of try to ask the patients some social questions like, are you training for a ultra marathon? Did you just start a Zumba class? And start to maybe modify some of those activities in your life that are contributing to the problem, if possible. I think it's so funny that you mentioned the $3 sandal example, because I am certainly oh, yeah. guilty of that, <laughs> you know, because we don't really, we don't really think about Hey, you know, this, this sandal looks nice. It's only $3. I'm going to get it. But that is the thing that is supporting your feet and your entire body and can oh, lead yeah. to all of these problems. So, you know, a great preventative measure, everyone listening, is making sure that the support and the shoes or the inserts that you get um, are of quality because that you're on your feet all day, you're moving around, and that's the best preventative measure, right? Oh, yeah. I think that, you know, I, I probably spend a good percentage of my day, um, you know, talking to the patient about what what sh should be, what is the appropriate thing to have on their feet. You know, and I, I, when I was a resident doctor, I used to work with this uh, uh, near retirement uh, podiatrist, and he was so fed up with looking at these lousy, you know, sandals and thongs and flip flops, and he would just take the patient's shoes and pick them up and throw them out in the hallway. Say, this is your problem. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. So, okay, so let's say that a patient has been preventative. They do have um, the proper uh, footwear, but, you know, maybe through impact sports or for things that are outside of their control, um, they, you know, have, they get plantar fasciitis and they come in to see you. How do you go about treating them and how long does that treatment take? Medical literature says that this problem goes away and it's self-limiting in about eight or nine months with, with the non-surgical treatment. So that, I usually let the patient know right away, the good news is it's probably going to go away, and we're not going to have to do anything special. On the first visit, I go over uh, shoe gear, inserts, and I teach the patient how to stretch that structure in their foot. And we go over specific stretching exercises. Um, sometimes I'll dispense a device called a night splint, which is essentially a brace that holds your foot at right angles to your leg and stretches that structure out at night. And then that can help diminish some of the pain that you have when you take your first step in the morning. 
That's usually it for the first visit. And then I threaten them. I say, let's, see, let's try this. And if you are not significantly improved in six weeks, come back and we'll consider doing a corticosteroid injection in the heel. And so the, I feel that sometimes I can frighten the patient into improving. But in all reality, some people are, have such severe plantar fasciitis that they can do all of those things and not improve. And I've had really good success with the corticosteroid injection. And in fact, I feel that a lot of times after the, that first injection, patient tends to start to improve and get back to normal. And that's that, for the most part, is how most most patients respond to treatment. Of course, there are a few people who do not improve with injections. And so if the patients aren't improving with those injections that you're talking about that cure most people, um, is there a more kind of extreme surgical option that they can look to to help this pain? Absolutely. And, um, you know, I should I should clarify, though, that, you know, if we were to look at a pie chart and of all the people that I've seen for this problem, we are now talking about a very small slice of the pie. Um, but in between... Um, an injection and surgery, there are a few things. Um, there's something called platelet-rich plasma injections, um, prolotherapy injections, um, extracorporeal shockwave therapy, and more recently, uh, stem cell injections. And these are all kind of uh, newer treatments with a, you know, varying support in the medical literature, um, but probably worth a try if that's your last step before surgery. Another tried and true method that I like to use is just cast immobilization. Can I put the patient in a, a cam walker boot and immobilize them for four to six weeks? And can we calm that structure down that way? And, and on occasion, I've put patients in a, a walking cast for three weeks because they're so active and they're unable to slow down that you kind of have to put a boot on them. <laughs> you got to stop them from going so, so much. And then finally, um, it, for me, I, I do a surgery, and there are many types of, there are many approaches to a surgery for plantar fasciitis, but I take an endoscopic approach. So I make a small incision on either side of the heel. I, I put an a arthroscopic camera so I can visualize the plantar fascia band and then release a third to a half of that structure to relieve the pressure and pain on the plantar fascia. Well, like you said, it sounds like um, that is such a small slice of the population that needs that. And there are so many preventative measures uh, and treatment measures that are out there, including restricting movement by putting them in a boot. So thank you so much for educating us on all of this today, Dr. Ravello. Is there anything else that you wanted to share um, with our audience before we sign off today? No, I think you asked excellent questions. And I think that, um, you know, I I'm, I'm hoping that one person listens to this and it, it helps them. I mean, that would make me thrilled. Dr. Vella, I'm going to throw out my Hawaii sandals immediately after I get off the call. So don't you already helped one person out. <laughs> uh, so for everyone else, for more information, please visit rrh.org. My guest today has been Dr. George Ravello. I'm Prakash Chandran. Thank you so much for listening.